Owen Hawk Conversations about the television and film industry. Everybody, welcome to Real Talk with Ro and Sid. It's me, your girl Ro. And this is Sid. MCDP. All right, and this is Chanel. All right, guys, we apologize for missing last week. We had some schedule conflicts, so we were unavailable. Um, yeah. But we want to tell you guys that we're here for you. If you have questions, make sure you post them down in the comment section, and we'll get to them. Um, so let's just start with any news, anything happening. I know. MCDP, you had something exciting happen last week. Please, please do tell how that was because I haven't had my red carpet moment yet. So I'm waiting on it. Yes, uh, I've, the privilege I went to a, a movie premiere that I actually shot, um, indie film, shot when COVID just hit. Oh. I think we know what COVID really was, but we were, afraid, we were more afraid now than we were, I guess, then. And so I, um, it was a, actually a film called 3030 Memphis. And it basically was a film about a boy um, trying to chase his uh, dance dream, but his parents wouldn't let him because he had a heart condition. Mm. Oh. So basically, um, he wanted to be a part of this group, and I was a part of the group. And yeah, so it was last weekend. It was Sunday and Monday. Uh, oh, and it was a great experience. I've never done the whole red carpet VIP. So it was the first, and I'm uh, excited because I know nice. that leads to bigger and better so it was great to be right. there good good deal all right y'all i'm trying to share the stream so y'all forgive me because you know y'all don't let old people on the, oh, oh. <laughs> oh, you're fine well I, dp wait i have a question then because you said it was shot when COVID first began yes so okay cool cool i want to know well i have a couple questions um one of them is um how was that with I guess getting tested and all of that good stuff, how that goes along with being on set. Yeah. Um, so you know what? Because it was uh indie film, I think people actually what the producer, the writer did was she had it originally, um, she just made sure that each scene was condensed to from I guess no more than like five people. Oh, nice. So I think because of budget wise, we all just personally went out and did our own COVID test. Okay. Um, I definitely did personally myself just because right. of people I live I live home with. I have people who have um, underlying conditions. Okay. I don't play with that. You know, Ro would tell right. you, I, and that's one thing we clicked because I knew when I, you know, when she was coaching me and I came with her, I was good. She was good. Right. <laughs> so okay. we did that. So it was, it was tough because I was around people, mask on, mask off. And it still was scary because, again, coming home, making sure that I didn't bring anything, running up downstairs to take your clothes off to come back up right. it was <laughs> but i enjoyed the process and i'm glad i did it because um it actually combined two of my passions together dance and acting that was my wow. next question so let's warm up right into that well i just want to know i mean what i guess in that role you know were you i mean of course something personal for you you know with your uh dancing background how was that like how was that whole experience it was great so in the film i played um the one of the main leads um her okay. assistant choreographer okay. so it was great because it taught me more leadership um i had to be in the front and can actually run actual group and i'm not used to that because i'm used to kind of being in the back yes i teach okay. dance classes but in a sense um this was different it was almost as if i was kind of running the whole show whenever she wasn't there Mm. Um, I was the next director um, of nice. line. So it was good because, and I loved it because, again, society puts you in a box saying you're only yeah. a dancer, you're only yeah. an actor. Right. You say you're only good at this. So for someone to say, no, you're both, and I right. see the gift, I enjoyed it because I was like, I've been trying to tell people they both mean a lot to me. It's hard to pick. Yeah. So, <laughs> it was a great feeling to do it so yeah i mean i i loved it and i had a, just an amount of uh dance scenes as much as the acting scenes nice, nice. my question dejan is what would be one takeaway that you have from this if you were going to tell somebody who's trying to get there what would mm. be the takeaway that you would give them 
Mm, uh. <laughs> and if you need a minute, I can give you a minute. I just, it's, it was just like, like when I was, um, when I hadn't booked and I would always want to know what it was like to be on set and mm. said, wouldn't tell me. <laughs> so, yeah. um, but you wouldn't tell me. <laughs> you couldn't tell her. I mean, because it's something you have to experience. It was something you, know? you had to experience. So if it's mm -hmm. that, I can, I can get it. But I mean, I've had opportunities to go and be on the red carpet, but it wasn't my time. And I, and I really want to enjoy my time. Not that I can't enjoy somebody else's, but right. when I'm right. on, the, on the red carpet for someone else, I'm there to support them. It is not mm -hmm. my time to be in that limelight. And I want them to enjoy it. And I don't want them to feel any, if I'm feeling some type of way, I need to stay my butt home. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, so I think that what I would tell people is something you know that I learned from each and every one of you guys, especially you, Ro, um, step out with boldness. Mm -hmm. I mean, because honestly, if you bring some, bring at least that, everything else can fall into place. And that's one mm -hmm. thing I learned on set was the lady literally had to keep during rehearsal saying, you belong in the front. And once, after that second time she told me, it reminded me of Ro, I ain't gonna tell you again, you belong in the front. <laughs> then by filming, it was, it clicked, it clicked for me. Mm -hmm. um, so I think people just, whatever you do, that mm -hmm. experience definitely stepped out with boldness. And I appreciate it too. One thing I'm learning too, and this for everybody, don't mm -hmm. diminish what project it is. Because mm -hmm. what is here or Hollywood, and that's why I was doing the beginning. Well, it's just this look, no, it's not. Right. No, I went on. A, I went on a red carpet. I don't care what it is. You went on a red carpet. You did it. You. It is. Stop diminishing what you think. Looks, right. You know, to a certain level, because hey, mm -hmm. that looks different for everybody else, and right. you don't. Everybody doesn't get to that level, so you got to appreciate sure. what you are at and where you're going. So that's one thing I had to say when I got to that red carpet. Is like, this is great. I had an interview. Somebody interview me both right. days. I had pictures, and I was like. I love it. I'm not going to diminish where I'm at. I just know I'm ready for the next. So go out there and hey, yep, I sure did. You said that two lines, but you on that red carpet. Yep, I sure no, did. No, that's right. Yeah. I'm here. You know, it's funny you say that, and I'm gonna say this because I've never been. I'm not gonna say I've never been a fan of independent films. What I haven't been is a fan of the films where you go and and they shooting in the middle of the night with a little small phone and whatever. I'm not gonna diminish that, but what I am gonna say is this: I do my homework. So when you ask me to do your film, I want to know what your work puts, what, what it looks like when it's put together. And I'm going to say why. Because as an actor, my life and death and my possible career could be in your hands. If you cut that the wrong way for me, it's going to be problematic. And on the other caveat, what I am going to say was, you never know who's watching that independent film. So I'm not going to say it's not worth really doing. If you really yeah. look at Friday, Friday was a low budget independent film that they shot on somebody's porch mm -hmm. and they had all these people volunteer their time asking to get their money on the back end. They had no idea that that was going to be one of the most favorite movies oh, of my uh, life. Yeah. It's, it's a cult classic. And so it, don't diminish where you are. I agree with you, Dejan. Don't diminish. I'm sorry, DJ Porter. Don't di diminish where you are because at the end of the day, everybody started there. I was telling somebody the other day, I said, if you watch Viola Davis on, um, it's not the blind side, it's Antoine Porter, you'll see where she started. And no no one remembers that because now you remember her all glammed up as a cover girl. But, but I'm telling mm -hmm. you, you look back at her Antoine Porter, you're like, ooh, girl. Yeah. Did. So, I mean, at the end of the day, you your journey is not going to be the same as mine. Mine is not going to be the same as yours. And they embrace the journey. Uh, so thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anybody else? Oh, y'all gonna make it hard. <laughs> and you well, know I, have I was gonna ask, oh, go ahead, said. Oh no, I was gonna I was gonna ask Dejan that question, but that but Ro already addressed it. So it was uh the difference between indie and, and doing some union work. And so. you gotta and you I realized you have to just believe you have to believe in the project because yeah. I did, because I, I, I believed in the storyline, it was something I wanted to do. I wanted to prove at the time and I wanted to prove people wrong. Mm. You know, I want to be like, I can do both of them, and and nice. uh, it doesn't matter because there are some people that say, "Oh, you just that act, you just that actor that's trying to dance, or you just that dancer that's mm -hmm. trying to act." People do that all the time when you think about these step up movies and so forth. They don't really consider them as actors. They like, "Oh, you just said a few lines. You're still a dancer." Right. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's funny to me because um, I was talking. I had someone text me and ask me about um, deferred payment and things of that nature. But 
one of the things that I find interesting when you say that you're just something, um, I've taken a lot of classes. I'm not even going to tell y'all no lie. If I could name them all, my memory ain't that long. But one of the things I've noticed is a lot of times you get to a class full of a bunch, a bunch of actors who are mm -hmm. at barely above or below your level. And the first thing they do is throw you in the middle and say, what's your type? And mm -hmm. so what happens as a new actor, we lock ourselves into, oh, well, I can play a social worker. I can play this. And you can do all of those things. Mm -hmm. But who are they to tell me what my type is? I'm not saying that's how they see me, and I'm good with that. But nine times out of ten, what happens is those classes, they tell you to go after those types. You don't get that option. You get whatever your agent, your manager, or you can scrounge up as an audition and then book. So that may happen to a social worker, but that doesn't mean that that's all I am. In, in my right. regular civilian job, I might be a plumber, but right. now I walk around I'm like, oh, that's the plumber. No, they be like, that's the tall chair. You know what I'm saying? So that's the one thing I've learned is that there is no box. And the funny thing is that sometimes the things that we don't embrace about ourselves are the one things that get us books. Mm. Oh man, there you go. Word They're the one thing that get us booked. Mm -hmm. oh. And 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 I, I will say this. If I had anything I would want to say, it was when you are picking your agent or you're picking your manager, make sure that they see where you're trying to go and that y'all are on one accord. Um, I say that to say this. Um, I, I've been struggling with management. Um, and what I mean by that is I have a manager but I don't think they see me the way that I see myself. And so that's a conversation to be had um, because a lot of people feel like, well, I got to manage. I'm lucky to have one. And yes, in some ways you are, but if they don't see you the way you see you and they're not pushing you in the path that you want to go, how lucky are you? Hmm. I'm just hmm. asking a question. Yeah. I just want something, to think. Think. something to think about. I'm not going to lie. When I first got a manager, oh, I got a manager. I was, oh, I got a manager. I just knew I was going to take off. Mm. But I'm not going to lie. When I first got them, I was getting called a lot for Bull, the show Bull on CBS. Mm -hmm. I was getting called. I knew I was going to break it. They got to the point. They stopped calling me. <laughs> I wouldn't even get no auditions no more. But, I, you know, you got to know where you're trying to go. So if you don't have a vision for your career, how do you expect them to have one? I mm. mean, I've had managers say, okay, well, you need these headshots. Go see this person. Because a manager can do things that your agent can't do. They can recommend, they can have classes, they can't. And so you can be caught in that cycle of spending money that doesn't need to be spent because they're telling you, oh, I like these headshots, but you should go take pictures with these and tell them that you want this. And then you get them and you're like, I don't even like these headshots. And I'm be honest with you. It took me, I'm going to say 11, 12 years to figure out what a headshot should look like. Mm. I mean, I was taking pictures. People was like, oh, these are going to get you work. I get those pictures. One dude took my pictures, charged me $800, and, and my hair was green, and told me that my hair wasn't green. Would not edit it. He would not edit the photo. Sent it to me six times unedited with the green. And I was like, my hair has a green tint. It's just your computer. It is not my computer. I know green hair when I see green hair. So uh -huh. I next step into my photographer, and I'm like, this is what I want. Sure. I want to see what you're shooting. They don't even, when they see me coming, they're like, here she come. <laughs> <laughs> I had a guy charge me $800 and give me four pictures. Wow. Now I'm really, I want to know, are you going to give me the rights to the pictures? Can mm -hmm. I use them? I want to use them. Right. All the pictures. Am I going to get to choose which ones are going to be edited? Am I going to get the masters? Because if you're not going to edit, I might have somebody else who can do a better job anyway. Mm -hmm. I want to know all of that because I only get to spend this money once. Mm-hmm. And this is an investment in myself. I think you were telling us, Chanel, about when you um, you invested in your pictures yeah. and, in, and how much of a difference it made. But I don't want to get on my, my soapbox because, boy, I could go. We do have a question. We do have a question from the audience. Veronica Jackson says, is it hard to get a manager? Hmm. Oh, all y'all take a turn. I'm going to go last on that one. Wow. <laughs> I have submitted for some management. It's, um, you know, it's just it's tough, you know. They 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 email you back and um, um, they will request certain things, you know, headshots, some when and demo reels and all that. But sometimes they don't get back in contact with you. I know I remember emailing a couple of managers and they never did, never did contact me. So 
I guess they mm -hmm. weren't the right one for me. But I'm still looking. Mm -hmm. Anyone else? Yeah, um, I think it is. You know, when I first had my manager now, you know, she has uh, went up past and so forth. But she, um, I got her doing a workshop. And it was ordained because, honestly, I went into the workshop saying, whatever happens, happens. If I screw up, I screw up. And she liked something about me. And I literally messed up. And I left the, or left the workshop. And she called me the next day and was like, it was just something about you. And I was like, you didn't hear all the, that stuff I was doing. I messed up those. <laughs> your personality showed through the scene. She said, you're likable, you're charming, all these things. So that 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 was a little easy. But now, um, as Sid said, you know, emailing managers is hard because you don't hear nothing back. They don't have to email you back. You could be doing mm -hmm. it all day long. I, I Yeah, sometimes, I, yeah. So I, again, with the first one, you know, it was ordained and you know now it is hard you know but i just believe like say said when it's your time it's your time right. they'll come to you well i'm gonna answer that question and say i will tell you that i got my manager um at the same place that mcdp got his manager however my my route was different so i was coaching at this studio and um they would host these workshops and so because I was coaching, I would be a reader and we alternated. So it was like three readers, three other mm -hmm. coaches would all read. And so what happened was my manager had come and done two or three workshops. I think I was on a third one. And when I read, I read as if I was the other character. And so that was what piqued her interest. It was more like, oh my goodness, every time you read people, it wasn't, I don't know that it was necessarily about me. It may have been, but it was about the fact that the way I read allowed those people. So, and, and the lesson I learned was your acting is about being generous to the other actor. So mm -hmm. um, it, it's not about, I mean, I know it's about you, but if you're listening and if you're speaking and you're actually in the moment, you will feed the other actor. I used to go to New York all the time. And um, I used to do those those workshops, the Actors Green Room, the other one, one-on-one -on -one New York. And I'm not saying there's anything bad about that, but I went uh, one time and this girl was reading from, I was doing, a, I don't think it was a Law and Order or NCIS, one of those. Mm -hmm. And she was just, I mean, she was like, all right. And then, and I was like, so I had to deliver my line. So finally, so I was like, so what we're going to do is you're going to slow down. She was like, but I have other, I, I don't care. You're going to slow down. This is my yeah. audition. And if you go in that room and you read this fast, I'm going to stop you and tell them to give me another reader. And so it took that moment for me to understand because I don't, if I mess up my audition, we Gucci. Right. But if my reader mess up my audition, well, I ain't going to lie. I'll be trying not to throw these hands. But sometimes <laughs> I just want to throw hands. I, I do. I mean, I just want to I'm sorry. Y'all are working on my anger management issues. So, <laughs> I sincerely wanted, I literally wanted to choke the life out of this girl because I was yeah. like, hold up, boo. I paid money. I came a long way to get here. Right. And and I, I studied for days and I may not be the best, but what you're not going to do is mess this up for me. Because yeah. either I'm going to get my read on or I'm going to get my money for the travel, the time, and the fees after I ring your neck. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Smile. <laughs> but I meant that. Y'all know that. Y'all know that, right? So anyway, yeah. um, I just think it's important for us to understand that. You know, I, I, we're all excited when we get a manager, but when you get your manager, and it took me a long time to realize this too. Mm -hmm. Make sure that they're working for you, and and the methods that they're using are working for you. I'm, if I'm being honest, I'm having the biggest issue right now because. Um, I was with the same management company for a long time. I'm not feeling the process. The process has changed and I'm not feeling the process. It, it leaves me in a state of ambiguity, uh, the unknown. And as an artist, I don't want to do what I'm doing and then wonder if you did it. And also my biggest issue is that I'll get an audition and it's due on Tuesday. I get it on Friday and I tape it and put it together on Saturday and it's sitting in your email until you get back to work on Monday till two o'clock in the afternoon, that's a problem. Because if you submit my audition, when I turn it and give it into you, if you can't do it right away, make it work and go straight to the casting director. Because I want to set the bar, not find the bar, not meet the bar. Mm 
Mm. You get mine first. I want them thinking, dang, she did that. Let me see if anybody can do better. I don't want them to be like, oh, Lisa, she did that. Let me see. Eh. Eh. Because I came in Johnny come lately. Right. So for me, it becomes problematic. And I, honestly, you need to ask yourself, do you need a manager? Now, I'm going to tell you when I think you need a manager. When your schedule is, is crazy, when you got more agents and they need to kind of coordinate. When you're trying to up-level and you have a manager who's going to build you, meaning that they're going to call and pitch because your agent doesn't have to do that. But hey, I got this client role. Yo, you got to see her. I know you're casting this basketball chick, but she's going to need a mom. I'm going to need you. Yeah, you need to see her. Oh, I guarantee she's going to blow your mind. Um, and the reason I say that is because um, the show that you did, uh, MCDP, uh, Swagger, mm-hmm. I had a casting director call me up for that one. They were casting all male coaches. Wow. I got a call and said, hey, can you read for this? It was written for a male coach. She said, I know you can do it. Now, she was taking a risk, a chance with me, because in the storyline, I guess if y'all seen it, it gets a little touchy-feely by the coach, um, that she was putting me in a position that I would be the person who was touching and feeling on this AAU little girl. It was a stretch, but I, I went to producers. So I want somebody who believes in me as much as that person believes in me. And if you're not that person, right. I need you to yeah, y'all spending a lot of money. If you act out there acting, taking classes, coaching, I'm gonna tell y'all right now, my coach, 150 an hour. Let it be an hour in a minute. Mm-hmm. That's 300. So when I spend that kind of money, I don't want somebody who's gonna sit on my audition for three days. Right. Anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I have a question in reference to the headshots. What makes you or or what role gave you an eye to start saying, you know what, this isn't right? You know, or what made you take a step back and say, this isn't what I'm looking for, you know, for for yourself? I had the privilege of working with two casting directors, Mm -hmm. um, Kathy Ryan King, who taught me about reels and Mm -hmm. headshots. And then another one whose name I will not mention. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Anyway, she... uh, she said she would go through your headshots. Like we'd be in a workshop and she'd have mm-hmm. a stack of 50 headshots. And mm-hmm. I mean, the way she did it was so painful. It was like this. She'd get a headshot, a stack of headshots like this. And she'd be like, nope, 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 <laughs> nope, nope, nope. Oh, for the love of all. No. <laughs> <laughs> and then she would come to one and she would finally get to that one and she was like, this one might work. So I'm like, well, I paid a lot of money for me throwing my headshot on the floor. What what's so good about that one? And mm. she said, it's in the eyes. She taught me a trick. And I don't know if I have a picture here I can show. It. I'll use this um this mouse pad. Yeah, I still got a mouse pad. She took the headshot and she held it up and she covered all of this and said, Do you see anything in the eyes? Mm. And so if you're looking at this headshot, you see inquisitiveness. You might even see seductiveness. But she mm-hmm. said, if I don't see that there's something behind the eyes, you're wasting my time. And if you pay attention when you go to photographers, they're always telling you, think a thought. Mm-hmm. Think a thought if you think a thought. But they don't, they tell you, look mean and you do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they tell you to look happy. You go, you know, but if you really think a thought, but like that mother. Yeah. Or if you be like, you know, it it shows in here and it Mm -hmm. lights up. And so once she showed me that and she went through every one of their headshots and they were beautiful headshots. But once she covered up that portion from here down, I could tell which one she liked like that. And it was just an aha moment. So I started telling people, I know you want a pretty shot, but think about it. I had a, uh, I call her my sister. She's an actor. Um, but she was like, hey, Ro, I see myself doing this, and I see myself I see myself on the show Atlanta, and I see myself on P-Valley, and da-da-da, and, and or I could play her sister, and I was like, that's some great ambition, boo. But you got to crawl for you all. Mm-hmm. You ain't got no credits, and you think you just going to run in there and just be Pharaoh's sister, huh? Mm-hmm. On P-Valley. You know how many people mm-hmm. got resumes this long trying to be Pharaoh's sister on P-Valley? Oh, one more thing before I forget. When you're looking at those managers, 
I really want you to take a look at their roster. And if they don't have their roster available, ask them. Let me say why. Mm-hmm. When I got a chance to look at my manager's roster, mm-hmm. I noticed that I only looked at the women. I didn't care about the men. Not that I don't compete with men, because I do. But my point, and I mean as far as having the same auditions, not as far as competing, meaning right. that. So my thought process was this. How many needs do you have? I got an agent from that same workshop in uh, in New York. The one, the agent was in New York, but it was the workshop I was talking about earlier. And she represented, I believe the girl's name is Jennifer Williams from the Basketball Wise. Mm-hmm. If I told you how many times I've been mistaken for her. So now if you really think about it, I'm building my resume. She's on TV on Basketball Wise. So who you think going to get submitted first? Right. So I go through my manager's roster and there is, I'm going to make up some names, but when I tell you there's some known names, let's just say she got a, she got a Vivica Fox. These ain't real people on the list. I'm trying not to throw them under the bus. She got a Vivica Fox. She got a Regina Hall. She got a, a LL Cool J wife. All these people, same age range, same everything. So now when it all boils down, all I'm getting is co-star auditions. And I'm not saying I'm above co-star auditions, but it's got to make sense for me. Hmm. So I'm thinking to myself, so what about this, this? I watch shows and I'm like, but dang, I ain't going to audition for this. So I'm really saying when you're looking at your managers and getting one, check mm-hmm. out their roster. Because if they got five views, where do you fit on those five views? Mm-hmm. How does your resume compare to that resume? What are they going to do? Because it's great. It's great that they, because how they hook you is, well, I have so-and-so on this show and so-and-so on this show. All right. But if they take you and they're going to pitch you for just the small media ro- roles, then what does that look like? Mm-hmm. for your career. So just start thinking about that in the grand scheme of management. And like you said, you could throw out about 55 baits and, and get nothing. I'm telling you, I've been fishing for a minute, but now I'm more strategic. I know what I want. I'm, if I'm being honest, I know um, the preference I would prefer. Right. Um, a lot of different things. So basically when I go for a manager, I'm an interview, but I did find out something that's interesting. I was, um, I was watching um a video of, of Christine Horn. She was my coach. And she had this guy, I can't remember his name, but he's called like the agent whisperer. And he said, we, what's, what, the mistake we're making is when we send out for agents and management, we're telling them all the great stuff we've done. We're not telling them how they can help us. If you can do all this by yourself, why should I take you on? <laughs> what do you need me for? And he said, that's the one thing people are forgetting. So when you write in that letter, Maybe you should include, I've been able to do this, this, and this, and I believe with your help, right. I can get to the next level. Okay. And that level is. So if you're going to start pitching for a manager, let them know what they can do for you. How you, you always say, well, what you can do, but what you can do, but don't negate to say, how, how, how can we work together? Because it's all mm-hmm. about money. They're all looking for that next talent that's going to be that next best thing. Right. But if I write such a great email, what what I need them for? Mm. I'm just saying. So we have so we um going back to the chat, Veronica Jackson. Um, she asked another question. She said, um, thank you for the the answer for the manager. Um, is it easier to get an agent? <laughs> Y'all almost made me cuss. No. <laughs> <laughs> No, um, I'll say this. I don't do theater anymore. Um, agents will come out and watch you do your work. And with the way things are, you got to do a workshop now because the only way they're going to really get to see you unless you already book something. Um, so it's very difficult to get an agent. And then I, I honestly, I, I got mine through a workshop. I, I got mm. one workshop. I got another one because I pitched myself. I got another one. She found me. I don't know how. Um, but I think someone told her about me. As a matter of fact, the first one I got was um, I submit, and it was it was two two gents at the time, and they they had taken on somebody I did a demo scene with, and they saw my work and reached out. They took me and they took my son on. So yeah, I, I ain't gonna say it's easy. I'm just gonna say it's it's a matter of timing. It's a matter of opportunity. 
and timing. Mm. For me, I can only speak for me. Okay. Uh, yeah, I agree. It's <laughs> because, yeah, again, the one I have, you know, definitely pitching, but it doesn't always work out like that. You know, sometimes you can pitch all day long and they can be like, yep, I get this from like 2,000 people. And then, you know, sometimes I hear the stories where it's easier to get one than the manager because the agent is you know, looking for the next best thing and, you know, the manager want to manage. And I, but then some say, I, but I also believe is it depends on what you are targeting because some people are trying to go for, I don't know, um, Abrams 3, you know, and, you know, all the big ones. And they like, mm -hmm. no, we're not about this. Yeah. Thing. Who are you? We don't care. <laughs> like seriously, they don't care. So you mm -hmm. kind of got to look at the roster, like Rose said again, the company organization saying, "Okay, what do you have? How can I fit into this world?" You're not mm -hmm. going to start off eating steak. Just right. going to an apple right now. So <laughs> and then work your way up. But I honestly yeah. believe it's the, the time and the place for it, though. But I think a lot of times as actors, we see our favorite. Hollywood celebrity with this person. So we like, all right, I get with that agency. And they like, no, you're not, you're not coming here Man. with us. So if you do, I'll be transparent. Uh, because Ro has shared this with me before, you'll get with them just because of a look, but you'll sit on the shelf. So now you're not being submitted. So now you're like, oh, I'm here, but there's no audition. So you do you rather sit on the shelf or do you rather be submitted? Hmm. I don't think you know, personally, I, I I don't think any of it is easy. I mean, I think you just have to be prepared. Just be prepared. Uh, work, train, and then no. when you're ready, and when you're ready, you go out and, you, and 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 you go and pretty much scout, scout. You know the areas that you want. Scout the agencies in that area. Scout the agency in this city, and 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 submit. But and now, they, some of them aren't even taking submissions. And and so one of the things I want to say is is that. This um this celebrity and she would have the acting classes and everybody wanted to get there because they wanted to meet her thinking she was gonna make or break their career. She was having acting classes to teach actors how to act. She was not having actor discovery classes. And so people got it twisted thinking, oh, I'm gonna get there and I'm gonna show how I could do this and I could do this. A lot of times, guys, when you're in these acting coaches' classes and they're actors, they acting, they ain't directing yet. So the best they can do is remember your face and recommend you to someone else. So people are clamoring paying thousands of dollars to go to class to be with an actor who's doing what they're doing. Not to say that they can't teach them anything, but if they got 70 people in a workshop, do you really think you're going to be the one that's going to be discovered? You got to be. I mean, when I say you got to be realistic about how you spend your money. Mm. Now, and, and I'm going to be honest. When I was taking classes uh, with Tasha Smith, she the first thing she said to me was, "You're not ready." I'm looking at her like, "Who you telling you? Don't nobody tell me I'm not ready." But the truth of the matter is, I should thank her. Mm. I should thank her because she was honest enough to say, "Go, don't get no new headshots. Go take some some classes." Mm. And at the time, all I could hear was my ego. I'm sag. I, I know I could act. I couldn't act my way out of a garbage can, but that was okay. It was honest. So. Don't be upset when you finally get a coach that tells you the truth. Because mm -hmm. I promise you're not going to want to hear everything. And you got to respect the fact that I'll tell you this. I had a coach and he was, every time I did something, I could just go like this. <clears throat> oh, that was great. That was awesome. That was, I go into, I'm going to tell you this though. That man gave me so much confidence. I went into my auditions like, yeah, I'm great. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Some people didn't call me back for about eight, nine months. Like, I don't know what she was taking that day, but she was <laughs> And then what else I remember was I couldn't repeat the action. Mm. So what I did to book the audition, and I promise you, I think I was talking to you, MCDP, and I said, try to remember exactly what you did. Because mm. I had a friend call me, uh, and she was like, I got a call back, and I want to crown the man. And I was like, so first I was working with her trying to tell her how to cry, and I was like, hold mm -hmm. on, did you say this was a call back? She was like, yeah. I said, well, hold on, we're not going to break what's already fixed. Right. If they're calling you back, they want that. And if they want something different, they'll tell you that. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, we got to start paying attention and being grateful. Thank you. 
truth, then I, I, we don't want to hear everything, but it's the truth. Right. It is. It is. But you know what? If, 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 if you get a call back, if you go back and you and you watch your, your audition mm-hmm. over again, you see exactly what you did. Just go back to that callback, do the exact same thing. I misspoke. This girl was at a producer session mm-hmm. and mm. she didn't know. She knew what she did, but she had to go back. She thought it was supposed to be a chemistry read. And then mm-hmm. they called her back to do the scene with the other people. And she was like, and I was when she when it finally registered, she was saying a callback. I was like, we don't fix anything to call back. We go back exactly the way we came back and see right. that's the one thing I think people need to understand is when we change stuff and when we keep things the same. Go ahead, I'm sorry. And, and wear the exact same outfit that you used in your audition. Wear the same one. How to wear the same deodorant. Same thing. Everything. <laughs> when I booked that commercial, I wore I wore my same outfit that that the uh that the callback was on. When okay. it would you mind sharing? Um, I don't know if you remember this. I know you do. He had an audition, and it was for a, a hardware store, and um, or it was for a power company. Either way, it was all improv. Hmm. And I'm not gonna tell the story. I'm just trying to help you remember. It was all improv, and so it was him and another guy doing improv together. Okay. And so the other guy, come on, say I know you remember. He don't want to tell it. I'm going to tell it because he don't want to hear what's happening. So they say, okay, we would just want you to improv the scene, go in there and be the customer. And, da, da, da. Mm-hmm. and so the other guy just went, he was talking. He could not get a single word in Edgewise. Not one word. And all oh, you remember saying? <laughs> yeah, it came back. <laughs> yeah, now you remember? Shall I go yeah. on? Go ahead. No, you, you, you tell it better. Yeah. But I remember it now. But I don't remember exactly what you said. I mean, but it was like, so yeah, um, the furnace is burning and uh, and it's too hot in the house and da da da. I mean, he was going and going and going. And all all said got to say was, yes, we can help you with that. That was it. That was it. So the guy was like, yeah, I did that. I did because he got all the words. (laughs) So as they got ready to leave, the casting director was like, excuse me, Cedric, can you uh, come in for a minute? The guy was like. Yep, and booked it. What? Come on. Okay. Thinking that the acting is in the words, it's what's in between the words. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you really, really think about, it, I had an audition recently, and I had the first line. Say <laughs> it's my scene partner, so of course he's reading the lines, and the line is is real simple. What do the other detectives do? Or whatever. This is this is me in the audition, y'all. I ain't, I ain't squat, y'all. I'm gonna tell y'all right now. This is me. <laughs> what do the other girls call me? Now none of that was in the script. <laughs> Man drop. (laughs) I made it wait like 15, 20 seconds before I said the first line. He said the first word. He was like, (laughs) I know he wanted to say this. (laughs) Hey, you got to make that audition yours. I was like, you know what? I'm going to get all these two minutes and some change. Hmm. Y'all going to wait. I'm in the mood to speak. But you owned it. It was mine. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't care. <laughs> so hey, I and I want to say something as well as far as like, I think sometimes actors, us as actors, sometimes we can get caught up in having the lead role. And I say that because when I was in college, um, I'll never forget it. I was in a play called Tambourines to Glory. And I did not have the lead role, which was fine. The supporting, I was in the supporting, I had a supporting role and I played a character named Birdie Lee. And when I tell you Birdie Lee, <laughs> it was supporting, but you best believe she she took the lead. But oh, right. I say all that to say just I say all that just to say, like, don't get caught up in it's not the lead role or I don't want it because it's not the lead. Sometimes the supporting role can you can get just as much. And it's not about accolades for me by any means, because I have more people. 
I'll, I'll say come up to me, you know, and give me praise about the, the performance and how it touched them. But I remember being on stage with the, the lady who had the lead role and we were never supposed to come together, but she came towards me in the scene because she didn't, there was moments of applause that was during my lines and I, she didn't like that. So she had to, she had to be talked to by the director, but I think that sometimes we can get caught up sometimes with leads and supporting roles. Don't, you know, it's, it's room for all of us. You know, watching, of course I had the privilege of watching a live taping sometimes mm -hmm. twice a week. And I will say this, I've watched the lead and I've heard the lead say, whatever she does to make this show better, I'm down mm -hmm. with. And it, this is the lead talking about another actor. Mm -hmm. So it was like, it may be the lead's show, but you can't do it by yourself. If you've right. ever played a sport, I played basketball. I was a center and a forward. I can't dribble the ball. I can do it, but somebody going to take it. Right. So, I mean, it's a team effort. Everybody's mm -hmm. got to come together to make right. it happen. Right. So I, I, I truly commend you for saying that because it's so hard and that's the mentality that a lot of actors have outside mm -hmm. of being on a show and that's what's getting in the way I've had people not tell me about stuff because they were like well I don't want you to audition for it because mm -hmm. first of all you ought to want me to audition for it right. if you feel that way and you get it above me you'll be like I knew I could do that <laughs> what you think huh anyway I'm gonna I'm digress because we have a couple of questions oh, so we got two more questions oh, okay. um, Derek D he says, hey, would you all share knowledge about the Europend? LOL. LOL, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, that's a that's a crap game for me. <laughs> um, you want me to go first? Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, pen just means that they like you for the role. And so basically there's a wall. And this is the wall right here. And on the wall is every actor that they see that they like that is auditioned and they like, they pin them to the wall. And so then they start looking at all the characters to decide whether or not they're gonna keep that actor. So let's just say that you're pinned and you are playing, I'm gonna use myself only because I can. Let's say that I did my audition and I got on my, my, uh, my wig, my red wig, and I'm, I'm pinned for the equalizer. They may love me for the role, but they, I look too close to Queen Latifah. Mm -hmm. I, I may get dropped because of that. Okay. Um, it could be that, okay, wait a minute. We got too many women on this board. I'm going to unpin her because we're going to replace it with a man. And it's happened. So pin just means they like you. They want to see if they checked your availability. They let you know you're pinned. And you are this close to being cast. But everybody has to like you. So if the producer like, she remind me of my ex-wife sister. Oh, she got to go. <laughs> you I'm not joking. I promise you I'm not joking. Yeah. I promise you I'm not joking. <laughs> Anything can happen with a pen. So a pen means you're on my radar and you're on the wall. But that's all it means. They haven't given you a contract. They haven't said you, they want first refusal, which means they that you got to come to them before you can say you want to take another gig. Um, they just said your pen, and that's all that is for now. Anybody mm -hmm. else want to chime in? Yeah, I mean, ditto. And I think if you were, I shared a few weeks back that I actually was pinned for something and I was released. And that was the first time I was released for something. And because in my mind, I was like, shoot, it's mine. <laughs> but it was a, a learning experience too, because mm -hmm. I need to go through that to understand what that felt like, what that looks like. And just because your pen does not mean you're going to get that role. And I was four for a role and got it, him for another role and got it. So I'm like, shoot, I'm paying, I got it. And they was like, no, you don't. But it could have been a many reasons why you got right. it. So you can get excited because it is a it's it's a win, but just know that like Rose said, anything can happen. Mm -hmm. And it's no longer un it's you've done all you could do. That's you know what else? Your hands. You know what else I want to share with you guys? Um, there was one of the things when you're looking for an agent and a manager. A lot of times people neglect, like say I haven't booked anything, um, and but I've gone to producers, 
or I've been pinned, those things are the things that aren't on your resume that go in those emails to those managers and those agents, those pins and that uh, callbacks and all of that because you don't have a body of work to be pitched. So just mm-hmm. a heads up, those pins, they may not they may not always pan out, but you can still use them. Sure can. Sure can. I remember getting pinned for swagger for a couple of weeks and then they dropped. They, they um they dropped and said, no. OK, and then I got pinned for um, um, tell me lies. And that one, all they really wanted was um, um, were you vaccinated? And after I said, yeah, I was vaccinated, I think in the next week, bam, I, I booked it. So pen right. can go either way. You can get it or not. Okay. I don't get excited until I see that contract come back through to my manager, to my <laughs> agency. And then I sign it and I say, okay, well, it's on. But that's the only time I get excited. Pens are great. I don't worry about them. So and I'm you- real- Go ahead, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Did you book it? So you booked? A role on Tell Me Lies Head? Oh, yeah, I did. Okay, yeah, it's crazy because I that is one of those shows that you just keep seeing in the audition and you like, would y'all just go ahead and pick me? But, <laughs> but so I'm glad to know that somebody I know is on the show. Yes, <laughs> so congratulations. Uh, thank you. Well, I'm gonna say this because I, I think it's important. I can tell you that for the good Lord Bird, I think I sat pinned for about eight and a half weeks. Mm. I sat pinned like it, I, I forgot all about it. and then don't don't even talk about power power I was pinned for 10 months so uh-huh. but I will say this we, uh, it panned itself out but I'm just telling you so you, you can hear something because a lot of times we think well if we didn't hear nothing in three days we just going to forget about it but actually that's the best thing you can do is to go ahead and forget about it at that moment yeah. then you're yeah. going to your life and when you do hear something like oh dang it and hope that it went through um, Actors Access so I can go back and look at it. And that was the other thing that mm. I was talking about when I was dealing with my manager. It was, I got to upload it to Google Drive. And of course, you know, you run out of space on Google Drive, so you eventually delete it. So now if I book it, when I book it, I don't have a point of reference. Mm. Actors Access, when you book something, you can go back and watch that video as many times as yeah. you want. So I just, I mean... It took me a long time to get to a point where I understood what I needed in an agent and a manager, um, mm-hmm. what works for me. And so I say that so that hopefully somewhere along the line, somebody else can um, benefit from it. All right. Well, moving on. I hope that answered your question, Derek. Uh, moving on to Ricardo Shark. Is there a rating system for managers and agents or is the word of mouth the best? Ooh. Mm. Y'all gonna leave that on me? Okay. Yes. <laughs> I, I have two stories to tell. I feel like Faye did. It's like under 360 mode. But um, there is a way to check to see what a manager's rating system is if they're on IMDb. However, mm. not everybody is. Um, you can check reviews, but most people leave reviews when they're upset. So you gotta take take what you can. Um, I think the best way to do it is to see their body of work, see who you know, who's dealing with them, ask them a straight up candid question and get the answers you need. Um, that's that's my own personal just suggestion. Now I say that to say this, I don't know if you remember this MCDP, but there was an agency in New York that was coming to this workshop all the time, just picking up people, 40 <laughs> They were picking up all these people on this roster and they were they were not union. They were non-union. Act. No, they were SAG. They were union. Hmm. And SAG has rules that govern SAG franchise agencies. And so they were doing workshops and recommended SAG franchise agents can't do workshops like that. They can't recommend uh, that you take their classes. They cannot suggest, they can tell you a list of uh, photographers, but they can't be like, you have to use this photographer. Hmm. They were doing all of that. And then, of course, they were doing some things with the fees as well. Anyway, this particular agency, they were making their um, their clients pay them a, a service fee. So everybody on the roster, and they, I mean, when I tell you, there was some die hard. When they finally got caught, SAG removed mm. their license. Mm. SAG banned them from. Now they're a management company that makes their clients sign a contract in perpetuity. Wow. Who? Is it just me? But I don't I don't think I got a contract with my mama into perpetuity. 
Yeah. And we look alike. So I'm just I'm just wondering, you got a contract that they get 15% of everything you make into perpetuity. You meaning you I'm not even that. You can't break the contract. So if you leave and go somewhere else, mm-hmm. they still get 15% cuz you signed it cuz you wanted representation. Oh. So back to the question at hand. I really really think that talking to people on these people's rosters uh, on their rosters and, and making sure you do your homework is important. A lot of times we get caught up just because we want something. Uh, you know what? I want ice cream, but my hips don't. <laughs> so, yeah. <Okay. laughs> uh, so, uh, thank you for that question, Ricardo. Um, so, next question, I believe it's Kira Devon. Hopefully, mm-hmm. I'm saying that correctly. So, if you're pinned and then get another gig, how do you handle or communicate that to production, et cetera? Okay, so if you have an agent, the first thing you do is let your agent know. Um, if you're pinned and they haven't given you the first uh, refusal rights, as say that you're on first refusal, you can accept that other job. And I'm going to be real with you. If you pin me and I accept and another job is offering me a job, I'm going there. Because I don't know if you're going to drop me. Yeah. Pin is not a if they offer me a contract, I'm taking it. And if they want me bad enough on the pen, they'll work around to make sure there's no contract. If it's mm-hmm. possible. If not, trust and best believe, and I need you all to say this clearly, they already have a second pick. Mm-hmm. There's always in place a second pick. Okay. If you're not available, they will make that call. Right. Don't and I booked some and I booked the show. Where uh, no, I booked a commercial where uh, I had first refusal, and the first person that um, that they picked hurt his wrist, and he couldn't do it. he couldn't do the commercial. They called him, booked it. Wow, that quick. They until got somebody got on standby until you accept that contract. And if they don't have you on first refusal, because what happens is if you're on first refusal and the the date you're going to shoot is on conflict, and they want you, mm-hmm. they will pay you not to take that job. Yep. Wow. So you, they will pay yes. So let's say that this uh show ABC one, two, three wants you for the 27th and the 28th, but they, the ones who have you pinned, first refusal, have not decided what their shoot shoot dates are. They're looking at those same dates, but they're not sure. They'll be like, uh-uh, we're gonna offer you this this right here, and we're gonna pay you not to take that one. Nice. So, you know, honestly, I think it's a lot of, and it's not just about money. Like I had a couple of auditions and they were for co-star roles in New York. And so um, I was submitted as a local hire and I had to make a decision. I was like, I'm not doing a local hire. I'm not doing a co-star role. And it was a possible um, recur. But if I do a local hire, that means that every time I recur, I got to do all that travel, pay my way up there, feed myself, figure out how to get around because y'all don't know I can't, I can't get my way out of a paper bag. But my point yeah. is, it, it's I have to really look at, is it beneficial? Because we all would think, oh, that's that role, that's that role. There will be other roles. Mm-hmm. That's so good because, I mean, this is, I didn't get pinned, but something close to this, um, did a project audition for it. And it just shows you how much casting directors, some of them, you know, most of them are rooting for you. It did the project. It was like one of those, I was out of town. Um, I was, you guys know, I went to New York, had to do something real quick. Oh, it was crazy. But anyway, that audition, but it was two lines for supporting. And I submitted it the day after my birthday. I was like, whatever. And I just knew it was trash, honestly. I was like, because it was a rush. Turned it in. Next day, the agent says, hey, um, they were checking for availability. The cast director liked me so much. Now, I didn't even get pinned. She liked me so much that she told the agent, she said, let me know mm-hmm. if anything else coming his way. She said, nice. because I want, because we, we going to see if we can make this happen. She mm-hmm. must have believed that I was gonna get pinned, y'all, or this role <laughs> because she literally said it, and I was con- kind of confused by the language that was kind of put mm-hmm. out there verbatim. So I asked the agent, he was like, Basically, 
And he believed he was like, you're gonna get pinned, and they want you. And if something come up, they're willing to kind of like you know make it happen. So nice. I excited. Needless to say, they didn't get it, but I was like, wow, you know, mm-hmm. so didn't get pinned, but she believed in me so much that she was like, Oh, yeah, this is it. So yeah. going back to the point, the producers, somebody was probably like, No. Mm-hmm. And I'll I'll be honest with you, some people don't like to work with people who've been on other shows. Let me say this because I think what's important is is that when you do good work, mm-hmm. those casting directors come to know that you can do good work. And and a lot of times we don't get feedback, but when you start getting the same casting director requesting your work and the, the level of work is bigger than it was last time. So the first time mm-hmm. you got auditioned, just one line, hey, Mr. Smith. Now you get the next one, it's like, hey, Mr. Smith, how you doing? It was good seeing you yesterday. Now you mm-hmm. done moved up. Hey, Mr. Smith, is that your wife? Oh, dang. Man, okay, I see you. You're a lucky man, ain't you? <laughs> now you've leveled up. Not that it's about mm-hmm. the word, but they know that you can understand that there's a beginning, middle, and end, and that you mm-hmm. can find those beats and actions. Mm-hmm. I think um, if I had a struggle this week, um, my mm-hmm. struggle was trying to figure out why, the why in a script. Um it was more like I knew what I was saying. I knew who I was talking to. I didn't know why I was saying it. Mm-hmm. Because I thought, you know, my, my mindset was like, well, maybe she's a drunk. Eh, no. Maybe she, and it took me about 15 tries. And I actually had to call a friend. I felt like I was on one of them game shows. So why, why would somebody Yeah, to use a lifeline? I had to use a whole lifeline. <laughs> and, and then and it, what, what, was, what was bad about it was I made her a drunk. I made her jealous, mm-hmm. but I failed to make her a black woman who they didn't see the value in her work. Mm-hmm. I can relate to that. So Absolutely. why is that my last resort? Why did mm-hmm. I not? It? So I had to really question myself to figure it out. And so when it came down to the audition, it was more like, you got a lot of nerve in my office. This is my thought. You got mm-hmm. a lot of in my office. Hold on, I'll do it this way. What do they call me down there? So now my attitude is, I can't believe you in my office trying to talk to me. You need a favor. But it wasn't that way and I had to train it. So I need, we got to start using everything that we can to bring it because those who are booking, oh, they're doing that. Mm-hmm. They, they, they're relating. And I know we hate to go back to places that were uncomfortable, but that's what actors do. That's why I said the first thing I said was you cannot do what you cannot define. And what's important is this. All those experiences you you um did, the, the, the thing that actors do is that we are real under imaginary circumstances. We can't be real if someone passed away right in front of us and we can't go back to a time where we were devastated because we lost somebody we love. You got to go back, excuse me. And if I had one recommendation, it would be y'all start keeping a journal. Mm-hmm. I got the hiccups. I'm sorry, y'all. Mm-hmm. We don't remember everything. Yeah. People be talking about, I ain't said that. Girl, you said it. I'm like, no, I didn't. But y'all, y'all, y'all know I struggle. I got memory issues, but it's okay. But, but fully, um, like Rose said, you guys fully, like she did earlier, fully commit to the role, whether it's a co-star role, day player, because just like she said, her audition where she took her time, she did the beginning, middle, and before she said that line, it goes a long <laughs> ways because it shows the casting director, the producer, director, like they're really tapping into this character. They made this whole story up. And I say it's true because I started off with a co-star on ABC Queens. They turned that to a recurring co-star and I had four episodes because of what I did in that one episode. Then I got on set with my work ethic and we did more. And they was like, oh, we're going to add more. Four episodes. They were like, and the writer told us, y'all, we didn't know what we were doing. It was supposed to be one time. He said, but the way y'all came in here and fully embodied these characters and made backstories up, he was like, we just had to keep writing. So it taught me, and Roe taught me this before, do not diminish a co-star role. Because it's easy, but I was just a one-liner. You don't know how far that one-liner can go. You can end up going co- one-liner, 
to the guest star. <laughs> it just never knows. So just fully commit to whatever it is. I mean, and I think also piggybacking off of that, it shows that you guys do the work, you know, it shows that you've done the work as well. You know, if they're calling you back or adding more roles or, you know, reoccurring. If you guys are looking at the whole in the grand scheme of things, mm -hmm. they're calling in, they're getting, um, I'm going to say a thousand, a thousand submissions for every single role. The casting directors are choosing about 30 to 50, if that, I'm being generous. Mm -hmm. And then you're one of the, the 30 to 50 that got this audition. They got to sit through it and you just going to drop the line, just give the first line. That's so quick. And I can tell you I, from experience and what I learned from those two casting directors, mm -hmm. they can tell within the first few seconds whether or not they're going to watch anymore. Mm -hmm. So you don't have time to warm up. You got to get there and stay there and then try to move to the next thing. So what I've learned is to start with the emotion. I start with how am I feeling? And so for me, everybody want me to throw daggers and stare at people and kill them and stuff. Mm -hmm. I was going to say that's really not me. But anyway... <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, um, you know, but I gotta be in a, I gotta be in a place for that. Luckily, I don't have to tap too deep. But my point is, you gotta really, really go somewhere for them to want to watch you past seven seconds. And a lot of people, like when we were when we first started out, said would always say, "Ooh, this ending is so good," and I'd be like, "Yeah, but you gotta get to the end. They may not go watch that for for me watching my audition." And, mm -hmm. and we warming up because we we trying to find our groove. Mm -hmm. And then, but you got to find your groove from the get-go. So if you get yourself a running start, mm -hmm. the good news is that we're not in, in the studios with the casting directors anymore. So I give myself a running start and I cut it right where I want to cut it. And I, mm -hmm. I'm precise about where I'm going to cut it at the end too. If it's got a strong ending and I, because a lot of times this, this is how it goes. Oh, oh, I do the scene. Them, oh, that's a take. Baby, when I cut that bad boy, it's going to be right here. Oh, I'm not going to get to that. I'm going to cut it right there on purpose because yeah. I needed to have a strong ending. And it took me a long time to learn that. If you're going to have the opportunity to tape yourself, make yourself look good. There you go. Make sure you understand the assignment. That's right. Because I take that from row. Prime the scene. You prime that scene. Get yourself a running start. And go in full full force, kill it from the beginning. Oh, kill it from I, the beginning. I keep thinking this questions coming through, but I got captions on y'all. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, y'all know what? We don't run out of time. Believe wow, it's ten oh three. But it has been a great session. Any takeaways? I was was going to do some exercises. Sorry, Chanel, but we still like going. So. Um, anybody uh takeaways uh well first thank you ricardo derek uh care uh veronica for all of your questions thank uh, you guys. appreciate it um yes. my takeaway is just um again using the word again don't diminish what role you get or don't diminish who you are because you're unique yourself and i guess my takeaway would be um you know do the work study train i mean you know invest in yourself for myself i didn't do that for 20 years and when i finally got new headshots and you know uh critiqued my resume you know updated some things i i mean imdb everything you know got things situated i mean take it serious you know because if you don't take yourself serious who else will yeah my takeaway is, is simply this um we all go through things in life and you can look at them in a bottle and think that they're not useful in this profession. Everything is useful. Um, take the good, the bad, the ugly, even when you, and take a moment to watch yourself, study yourself, understand what you're going through, write it down. So you know how to use that, but be mindful of it. You know, like if you don't know how you wake up in the morning, anybody here real quick, anybody in here ever watch that King Kong versus Godzilla movie? Mm -hmm. yeah. you gotta watch the beginning where King Kong is asleep and he wakes up he wakes up and he stretches uh, and then he starts walking he scratches behind and I think that's the best example of someone who paid attention because everybody laughed when he did it because we all do it 
So you got to know what you look like. You got to know what your habits are so that you're not trying to overdo it. He could have got up and been like, yeah, he, he was so subtle that you knew it was somebody in a real moment. So study yourself. Mm-hmm. Take the uh, experiences you're going through. Write them down. Just the parts, just the highlights so you know how to get back to them. That's mm-hmm. my takeaway. Wow. Well, <clears throat> my takeaway is, is is like what Rose said. I mean, we all have tools. Mm-hmm. You just got to draw on some of your old, your life experiences and use them. Tap into that and and, and bring that across on, on, on your audition. Um, I remember uh, I was on set filming uh, Tulsa and I had a crying scene and, you know, I'm not a crier. So I remember, you know, when my dad died, I I took some pictures of him. Right. And I went back and um, the director gave me a little time to, 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 to concentrate and look at the pictures and everything. It was, you know, patting, you know, giving, putting my makeup on my face while I'm sitting there on set and looking at the film, looking at the photos, looking at the photos. And then they saw how I was, I was my emotion was coming in and they said, okay, action, bam. And they shot the scene and then I, I cried. So use it, use it. We all have plenty of tools. Just got to tap into it when you need it. Each scene require it, use it. All right, so take us out of here. All right, y'all. That brings us to the end. So this is said. I'm Ro. MCDP. Chanel. We'll see y'all later. Like we'll light see y'all next time. <laughs> <laughs> see you next week. See ya. Hey guys, guys, before we go, don't forget to hit that like and subscribe button down there. Yeah, yeah, that one there. Yeah, do that for us. Thank you. Yes. And tell a friend, tell a friend. Amen. A couple of them. <laughs> See, I- <laughs>